0: Block Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and cool, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy,
1: and the terror. Your every wish is our command. Awesome Your every whimsical desire brought to life. Right. Welcome right. to the greatest show on earth.
2: To the greatest show on Earth, like we always do here on Talking Terror, 100% professional, 100% of the time. You, you at home, you know what the fuck to expect from this show. I guess we're just gonna fucking do our thing.
0: <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> welcome to the Monkey Show. Hello, everybody. Uh, this, this is the one and only. You know, the uh, I'm not the Prince to his as Day. Uh, we don't have the king in today. Uh, I am the ghoul, and yes, we are indeed talking terror. We are, for the first time in in however damn long, I think since something like 2017, we we just like England don't have our monarch. You know, we we are queenless. Well, in, in our case, we are kingless. Um, but uh, alas, the king is not dead. In our case, he is uh, he is simply, you know, drooling at the musculature of one Tim Capello, the sexy saxophonist of the Lost Boys. So, uh, <laughs> see, if you listen yes. with the right ears and close your eyes and the right wind blows, you can hear that sound. And it is actually. <laughs> <sexy. laughs> <laughs> how the hell is everybody is. tonight? Monkey, that is wonderful. <laughs> <I> <laughs>
2: wonderful, wonderful. great look doing great. <laughs> oh, who it is. oh and the dean. dean is here. All right. He is, oh, only, yes, yes. yes. <laughs>
1: Everybody As welcome always, to yet on another time. <laughs> another another edition of the Talking Terror uh radio program slash podcast sets all encompassing information delivery system to all things genre related uh here uh, broadcasting out to the entire world. <laughs> Yeah. From and our trailer, not
0: even, not even <laughs> genre related. You know, like like in the case of my, I actually have like a little bit of a, of a news blip to, to to give you all today. It it does have to do with current events, as again, her Royal Majesty lays in stasis or, or state, whatever the hell it is that they call it, in Westminster Abbey. But it still <laughs> turns out that that our Queen, well, not our Queen, but their Queen, the yeah. Queen, <laughs> have a secret wee bowling talent. She actually loved Wii Bowling so much that she was gifted a 24-carat gold Nintendo Wii. No fucking shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she she bowled with Mario and company in style.
2: Damn. Yeah, just high rolling like a fucking pimp there with a the 24-carat Nintendo Wii. That Wii, Dean. <laughs> no, not we. So, not we. <laughs> I must say.
1: Yeah. And I don't know if I'm the only one out there, but I can give exactly zero shits about anything in any way having to do with the fucking queen and the royal family. I do not care in the least at all in any way, and I just want it out of the fucking news cycle. I fucking cannot stand it. And wow, he's an educator still still of our children.
0: revolutionary war thing, huh?
2: <laughs> that's supposed to be me. That's not the dean that's supposed to be saying that shit.
0: <laughs> why should I not I mean, be saying not that shit? <laughs>
2: no, oh, I, I think care. the ghoul is just getting it. us mixed up.
0: <laughs> I'm just I'm just questioning it. Like, why, why the anger towards the, uh, towards the British royal family? What, what else is
1: it? I wouldn't... I, it, it's not anger it's just complete and total indifference i just don't care um i don't understand at least i get it i get it over there but i just don't understand uh why it is so why it's such a huge deal uh here in our country as well like it's there's no anger um it's just complete and total 100% indifference I
0: she was a global icon. I mean, she only ruled the country yeah. for 70 years, which was, well, you know, as far her. as the monarchy goes, she was just the, the figurehead of the monarchy for 70 years, the longest True. running of, of all time. Um, she, she worked with many American presidents over the course of her of her long life, uh, 13, I think it was, or, or was it 11, 13, 14, yeah, something yeah, like that. It, some, it was like yeah, some ridiculous the, amount. I mean, I completely see why. It would, that would be like saying, well, I don't understand why the Beatles are such a big thing over here in America.
1: I couldn't disagree with you more about that statement. Why would that be? Are they not
0: a British staple?
1: Sure they are. And music is entertainment. Uh, you know, music is universal. Uh, music so is something that brings joy, <laughs> that cuts across, that cuts, that cuts across uh, all kinds of demographics, uh you know that carries on generationally through generation uh artistic music uh you know musical representation messages delivered through music that bring joy and happiness and 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 help in times of sadness and enhance times of happiness is much different than the fucking queen of England dying and me having to just like see so much about it every time I open a news channel or or a new site like it's just it's just not something, and I'm not faulting anyone for, for, for being interested in following it. I'm just saying, I personally am indifferent, and I'm just, I'm looking forward to not having to hear about it anymore once we move on from this. Um, but, but I don't not, think the music. comparison to music is in any way uh, relevant. Oh, no,
0: no, that's, that's because you love music so much. Well, my, my, here's my next question for that, then. Would music not constitute something that is cultural? Say that again? Would music... Constitute something that would be considered cultural? Would we consider music part of culture? Sure. Okay. So would not the Queen also be in the cultural zeitgeist and therefore also be of the culture, whether it I would be just say, in England or globally?
1: I didn't say. No. But what, that. what you <laughs> did
0: say was that the comparison was faulty. When the comparison is not in any way global culture. Is global culture, whether it's music, movies, or a person, is Gandhi not somebody worthy of global adoration?
1: Sure, Gandhi is uh, worth um, global adoration. Uh, okay. You know, but 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 uh, you know, anything Gandhi was doing did not bring any like pain and suffering to, to the table. To we
0: know that
2: people anywhere. Okay. Alright. Okay, you know, I see where you're coming from now, Dean, because is, is being that I'm half English and whatnot, I like am a bit controversial to my family because I see where you're coming from, Dean, is because, in my opinion, raised to love the royalty and all that kind of stuff, the royals are not good people, alright? The, the queen was not a good person. She did... Queen and England all did a lot of fucking really bad shit to the entire world, okay? But, uh, you know, and England has a lot to apologize for, and England continues to apologize for things that they've done in the past. And they are one of the few countries in the world that are actually trying to try and pay restitutions to some of these countries that, you know, they have literally enslaved and, in my opinion, are still in a state of slavery to this day. But also on top of that, the royals and the royalty of England are tourist trap. They're they're a tourist attraction. That's what they are. And the thing is, there are lots of countries around the world that have royalty and are ruled by royalty, but all of it, or a lot of it, is done behind closed doors and the thing about the, the royals of england is because it's a tourist attraction they try to put a lot of it people to be actually be able to see the pomp and cir- circumstance and you know to feel special and to be part of it and you know that's why it's such a big deal that this is happening is because you know yes there's lots of royal families out there they definitely have a lot of their stuff out there for the public to see.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I too can attest to enjoying wee Bowling. Um, it is something that I, Dude, I no definitely part took <laughs> in. Well, see, here's my here's my thing with wee Bowling. I played the game as soon as like I had gotten it, right? And I bowled a 300 within like the first two weeks. Um, very, oh my God! Oh, thank you for hung it up. I fa- yeah, <laughs> exactly. I never played the fucking game again. Like I pulled a three, and I was done. I'm like, I'm never going to attain this. If I do it again, so what? I've done it before. So if all I can do is it, uh, is strive for the same perfection, then why bother doing it? I might as well move on to something else. <laughs> okay, so. very
1: talented gamer. So talented, indeed. <laughs> Very proud so of I wonder if you were the, I wonder if you were the first person uh, that got a 300 on the Wii. I'm going to assume that you were probably uh, like one of the first people no. to get a Wii because you're always <laughs> like one of the first people that get all the new systems. <laughs>
0: uh. nah, I can most uh, assuredly say no to that. There's there's one game that I know for a fact. And it was only for it was it was for a, a period of time that I was number one on the global leaderboard. And that was number one. On With PS- a bullet. Number one. Numero uno was on the PS three. <laughs> there was a game called Go Sports Skydiving. And, you know, the whole, whole thing with the PS3 was it was all about the motion control. You know, they gave you that, that yeah. six-axis controller, and it had, like, motion to it. So, like, you, you could use it for, like, you know, it wasn't like the Wii or, or anything like that, but they, it had some motion-based capabilities. In this Go Sports skydiving game, basically, you use that motion control during the freefall section to do a bunch of tricks, then you deployed your chute, and you had to, with, you know, using speed, wind currents and then nail it on a target to like achieve like the the best possible score you can get now there was like a a, whatever score i got i know was not the highest score that could be achieved but at the time it was the number one score um you know because i know that if i would have been able to bang out like a specific pattern of tricks i would have gotten a higher score and if i would have you know, fucking 10 to land it right in the middle would have been great. The problem is those motion controls were very fucking wonky, and it didn't matter how many times you did the same motion the same way. It would just do something different every time. So the only person who I know (laughs) played that game besides me, because there were other people on the the leaderboard, but eventually Mm -hmm. I was overtaken on said leaderboard by Mr. Jim Gilbert, who went out, bought Uh. a PS3 for himself, just so that he could play that game, and go on to beat my high score with it. So, so now I sit that's a solid second. But if the fucking leaderboard is even still available on that thing, what what dedication?
2: <laughs> with, the fight, with the fact that the you Reno played a
0: PS3, a PS3,
2: a PS3 virtual reality version of Wesley Snipes' Drop Zone.
0: <laughs> Basically, yes, 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 indeed. Hey, we that's get really fucking, mo- fucking stoned. <laughs> We would get really (laughs) high, and we would, like, do this. And, like, it would be funny because we'd be so mad at the controls at times that we would, like, we would start to try different methods, thinking, like, hmm, what if we, like, interpretly dance with the controller and, like, do it in, like, a a swaying (laughs) style of motion? Will that make the trick come out a little smoother or whatever? But essentially it just came down to, like, Standing there and looking like you were having a fucking seizure as you're like shaking it and twitching and shaking and twitching and moving and fucking doing all this stuff just to just to bang out these spins and shit with some some fat dude like adorned in like a rainbow jumpsuit fucking doing these tricks.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that is so cool.
0: <laughs> no,
2: I thought say I'm, guys I'm, I'm guys, to,
0: you know, I wish they'd bring it yeah. back. <laughs>
2: Because I feel the same way any time I sit there and look back at videos of me playing Dance Dance Revolution.
0: (laughs) Oh, yes. Went through that phase as well. Bought the whole home kit and everything, man. Never matched the same as the arcade. You know, there's just nothing like that hard pad over there. But, you you know, like with that whole thing too, man, what sucked is, is like you would go to like the boardwalk or whatever. And I guess it didn't suck. But it was like you'd go to the boardwalk or whatever. And there'd be like, I don't know some, like, kids or whatever banging out on that fucking thing, like, straight up styling. They're doing, like, fucking dance moves together, flipping over one another, like, all kinds of crazy shit. Like, I remember seeing there, I was in the Point Pleasant or Seaside, like, watching these two dudes, and, like, the one guy would fucking, like, slide off to the side, the other dude would get onto his pad, he would get onto that guy's pad, and they'd be perfect fucking unison the entire time. You get that shit at home, and you're like, yeah, man, I'm about to do some crazy shit like that, and then you're like... Left, left, <laughs> left, up, right, down, back. And you just look like you're fucking, you look like your kids when they're in, like, kindergarten, first grade, you know, and, like, some song comes on that they like, and they're, like, perking and jerking, and you're, like, you're sitting there thinking, do I got to get the medication for them again, or, or no, they're okay, okay, cool, don't bring out the paddles, we're all right. <laughs> hmm. hmm. I don't know, I don't know yeah, if you remember, uh, Dean, but Donovan used to bust out those breakdancing moves. You know, he'd come out on the floor all serious and shit, and he would bust the robot real quick and then do a fucking spin rooney and then, like, just get up with, like, a dead-ass... Like, he wouldn't even smile. He would just get up with, like, a dead-ass serious face and, like, storm away. Like, he just did, like, the most important fucking thing imaginable.
1: I think I vaguely remember that. It's an interesting time.
0: Hmm. For sure. Mm. Okay. Hmm. <laughs>
1: so as we know, as I'm sure it's been said, uh, for the first time ever by his own choice, uh, we are without Andy G, the King of Horror. Talking Terror's very own King of Horror is not joining us on the program. And uh, we are not going to let that stop us. That is not going to hold us back uh, from delivering the goods as only we know how to. Uh, we wish the king well in his adventures this evening, uh, but as they have said, uh, since the dawn of show business, uh, the show must go on. Uh, so here we are tonight uh, with tonight's Talking Terror, featuring uh, the the very uh, special pick from our Ghoul of Geek, uh, covering all the moons, uh, Shutter Original. Uh, but first, we're going to talk about some news. Uh, before we get uh, to our movie portion of the show. So at this time, I'm going to turn it over to me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Wow, Dean,
0: thanks. You're welcome. (laughs) Very well said.
2: (laughs) So lay it it out, brother, what you
0: got?
1: So things that I uh, want to point out. In the world of all things having to do with Halloween ends, uh, which is exactly one month away, October 14th, first, uh, John Carpenter's original score for Halloween ends is now available for pre-order, and uh, one of the tracks called Procession is available to listen to, and I am here to report that it sounds exactly as you would expect it to. Uh, but that is now currently available for pre-order. Uh, John Carpenter. Are you saying that's a good uh, thing or a bad thing? <laughs> no, I'm saying that's a good thing, man. His his shit's fucking awesome. Uh, I have uh, he has a series Carpenter has a series of releases called the Lost Volumes, uh, where he puts out uh, he's released music that he's div- you know created for movies and scores or movie that he created intended to use for movies that uh, that never got used, and that shit's just fucking badass, man. It's that all that kind of atmospheric shit he does. Really good stuff, um, a mix of yeah. like, electronic and ambient and 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 uh, just really cool i have I have i think lost volumes uh, volume two I think I have on vinyl, and it's just it's fucking awesome uh, and and we're, we're rolling in to the time of year where I like to play that stuff so um, i don't know that i'm going to get uh, i haven't gotten any of the other Halloween soundtracks but it's not stuff that i that I tend to get, but I saw that carpenter one uh, like on sale at some shop somewhere at for a really good price. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to nab this, and I'm glad that I did. But anyway, uh, also in the world of Halloween Ends, John Carpenter said that even though – he said he's been in, obviously in the business a very long time, and even though this, uh, this film is being billed with Halloween Ends, the final part of this trilogy, the end of Halloween – uh, John Carpenter says, just, uh, you know, hit the brakes because, uh, you know, if you've been in the business as long as he has, uh, he knows that the box office is what is ultimately going to decide the fate and future of anything to do with Halloween on the big screen. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens no in that regard. But uh, yes, way. Uh, so no. I want to. Yes, I think. <laughs> do you think um, if
0: they, if they <laughs> make if they make a lot of money, you think they're going to make another movie? Even though they're calling this one Halloween ends, as in like the franchise ends.
2: What? You don't yeah. think they lie to us, do you?
1: <laughs> I think they always find a way to come back. The final chapter, a new beginning. Unbelievable. Well at least a
0: new begin it was a new beginning. It introduced us to a completely new fellow. Roy, the movie. <laughs> yes,
1: but then it gave us the opportunity for lightning to strike. And, and and he has risen. He has risen.
0: Indeed, indeed,
2: Jason and Jesus, <laughs> hands in hands, dancing together. <laughs> no, the
0: double, through double Jason Car-
2: <laughs> no, the single footsteps were when Jason carried. the single when Jason carried Jesus across the beach. <laughs>
0: Dude, that that's what fucking Hot Friday the 13th Part 13 needs to be. Jason goes to heaven. You know, like, he's gone to hell. He's gone, which, I mean, I guess he has gone to hell. I mean, the the, the movie yeah. was literally a fucking bug going back and forth between people's mouths the entire time. Um, but, uh, he's
1: gone. Yes, why, why not send him to,
0: to heaven? And let, yeah, let, let, let kind Jason of like, hang out with the angels and, and George Burns and shit like that.
1: It's like, uh, it's like all the Ernest movies with Jason. He has gone to camp. He has gone to hell. He has gone to space. And now... <laughs>
2: you,
1: can hang out, you can hang out with Jim Varney. Uh, so, uh, Peacock, uh, everyone's favorite streaming service, Peacock, uh, has, been, has been working on a TV series based on the old video game Twisted Metal. And uh, hey, the, hey, twisted, the Twisted Metal TV series for Peacock uh, has finished filming. Uh, so it's in post-production, uh, being put together for air. Uh, last I saw, there was no current release date. But if you were a fan of the Twisted Metal video game, uh, there will be a Twisted Metal TV series coming soon on Peacock. Uh, that's something I wanted to uh, talk about.
0: Uh, oh, Mikey, you, you, did you play Twisted Metal at all? Hell yeah, I played Twisted Metal on the original PlayStation. <laughs> so so I do, I have a question here, because you know what, one, I've never been a big, you know, car game fan, um, like a, a racing game fan at all. And I know Twisted yeah. Metal wasn't so much of that as it was like a battle royale of fucking destruction and, you know, trying to, to blow up your, your fellow you know, vehiculars, I guess, what was it, like bots or whatever? Like you were in, like, an arena, so to say, and, like, you just all faced off against each other? Yeah,
2: you, you, you were on designated battlefields, and then you were supposed to go around on these battlefields and take out your opponents.
0: Okay, okay. So now, was there any, like, I, I, obviously, I know, like, the the Flaming Clown ice cream truck. I think it was, or whatever it is. Like I I know like yeah, that imagery. That, that's, I remember that's, that obviously. Like cover art. That's the stuff.
2: icon. Yeah, yeah. That that's uh, you know the t- that's the icon of the series.
0: What kind of like story elements would they possibly be able to pull out of that game series then? And like, was was there any kind of storyline? Were there other characters, or is it just like vehicle on vehicle mayhem? And are we going to see something along the lines of like death Race? And we're just going to get, like, whatever characters they're going to decide to, like, make for the for the, the series, do you think?
2: Well, the original characters, you had characters who drove the vehicles, and you went around, and it was for a championship. You know, uh, kind of like uh, Death Race. And, you know, oh. that was the point is you went around, and then everyone had, like, missiles and guns and all that kind of shit. You just went around and blew up other vehicles and worked your way through, you know, through and up the brackets until you could actually win.
0: <laughs> so, like, more of a Okay, so, but then there were there were drivers, so to say, of said vehicles that you were introduced
2: to. Yeah, yeah, you know, but um, yeah, so you had different drivers for the different vehicles, and then the different vehicles would have to, uh, different weapons and whatnot, and you just went around on this big-ass arena and just beat the shit out of them. Each other. Like, I remember, like, on the original play- PlayStation game, like, I think one of the first arenas was, like, Washington, D.C., and you were just going around Washington, D.C., like, in a very, very odd, like, proportionate map <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. And you just went around and just tried to target people and blow the fuck out of them.
0: That was it. <laughs> so the object of the game was to blow people.
2: And blow up people, up. not blow people.
0: Up. Up. Yeah, it <laughs> up. Up. I got there. It took, it took a while, but I got there. Sorry, I have a stutter, I have a stutter sometimes. It's the medication.
2: <laughs> no, that's twisted metal, the porn parody that you're talking about. <laughs>
0: this isn't twisted metal. This is a porn parody. Keep <laughs> getting the ad and my emails so for fucking. I, I don't know. It's like some kind of. Spidey Pool porn or some shit. Spidey Pool Triple X. I don't know. All I see is fucking Spider-Man banging fucking Gwen, you know, in her uh, Gwen <laughs> costume, man. Yeah,
2: and because of She-Hulk, you have no idea how much the Avengers one has,
0: like, you know,
2: resurfaced. And people are finding this now when people are trying to do torrents of She-Hulk. And then it comes well, up about the Avengers China. porn is parody. That, that's so what I'm one talking one about. China uh, is she-Hulk. The, yeah, that's oh, okay. the Avengers porn okay.
0: parody. <laughs> no, I don't <laughs> but hey, details. Um, I just remember China. play. I think, I think see, see Here's my thing. I think of uh, She-Hulk in like any kind of like porn esque parody situation. It actually takes me all the way back to the '80s, and it was Benny Hill, and it was you know a typical Benny Hill episode. But at the end of the episode, they were all sitting at like a bus stop, and there was this you know attractive, well endowed woman like. Standing there or sitting there, or whatever you know, the typical old perverts of Benny Hill, like you know, yeah. like they're like saying stuff or like looking at her. One guy might have pinched her butt or whatever. All of a sudden, the chick gets really mad, and she completely hulks out, like she goes full fucking green. And then it was the typical <laughs> Benny Hill ending of you know, and fucking them all running and fast forward, you know, moving all over with this green fucking she Hulk chick running after them. It was great. I was like, holy (laughs) shit, look at that shit. Very cool.
2: (laughs) Hey, Gene, so what else have you got?
1: I will tell you what else I got. Uh, Recently, uh, an original Han Solo blaster sold for uh, over a million dollars at auction uh, through the Rock Island uh, Auction Company. Uh, the dl forty four heavy uh, one of only three blanks firing blasters that were used in the original star wars and New hope of which this is the only one uh, known to survive uh, sold for one million fifty seven thousand five hundred dollars um, quite uh, the 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 price the expected uh, I believe I read that the expected auction price was somewhere in the maybe like the four to seven hundred thousand range, and it went for a lot more than that. So I just wanted to bring that up. I Thought that was quite quite the story. Well,
2: that, you know, I put uh, I, I, I put the money down. I really wanted that blaster. <laughs> All right. Well,
0: I hope you I hope you enjoy it.
2: <laughs>
0: you have and no I idea how many
2: dirty st- things I've already done with that blaster.
0: <laughs> All
2: right. Good meal. Yep. <laughs> you enjoy
0: Sniff the fucking barrel. So, <laughs> a couple of
1: weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Paramount Plus and Showtime uh, were going announced that they were going to be teaming up uh, for a bundle price um, for their streaming services. Uh, uh, the the, to- the kickoff plan was going to be uh, $7.99 with ads and $12.99 without ads to have both of them. Uh, That introductory offer runs through October 2nd, and then it's going to become $11.99 with ads and $14.99 with ads, and the standalone price for each of them individually uh, will be $10.99. But since that news came out, Uh, there is now talk that they're not going to have a bundle, but they are going to work, and this is just apparently an initial talk, that they're actually going to uh, kind of fold into each other and just create one streaming service uh, versus a bundle. Uh, You know, another bundle example out there is like the Disney Plus, uh, Hulu, ESPN Plus bundle. Um, You know, but this this, uh, Paramount Plus Showtime, uh plan if it goes through will turn both of those into one service uh in one place. Uh so no word on whether that's actually going to happen, but the bundle thing is available for, for ordering at this time.
0: Those oh, shady bastards. I know like I you know, again, because I have all the streaming services that I have, I don't always Log into them regularly, you know It's typically if I'm looking for something specific Or, you know, I want to watch a specific show or whatever uh, Paramount is probably one of the ones that I use the least With um, the last time using it was to actually watch the uh, The South Park Streaming Wars um, But I noticed when I, when I logged into it today To actually just see what was on I was kind of bored kicking around um, I noticed that there was like a link on it you to subscribe and get you know showtime through there now like whatever the the little showtime bundle is similar to like how on uh i don't know if you ever see it on amazon prime where you can get like uh additional channels and shit like that like premium channels added to your prime account so that you know you you'd be able to watch something that might be on like hbo or showtime and such mm. but uh, so, gotcha. so yeah so yeah i guess i guess if they link it together that makes sense could probably just boost the price a little bit and uh and sure thing. I don't know. I uh, I really don't watch much on Showtime. I don't even know what's popular on Showtime anymore. <laughs>
1: uh, uh yellow
0: jackets. Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah, I forget how I was able to watch that. I think I watched. oh, I know how I uh, yeah, I, I have a Showtime Anytime app and uh yes, I I utilize somebody's right. cable provider for that. Yeah, no,
1: I mean I have Showtime as part of my sling package, and you can just watch it on on demand, like right there on the sling mm-hmm. on demand. Um, so, anyway, uh, that's what's going on in the world of the streamers. Um, also, uh, Netflix in the world, in the world of the streamers, and then we'll move on to streaming. Uh,
0: streaming news:
1: Netflix maybe is going to start. Uh, with some of Raising the shows their prices start again. moving away from <laughs> uh, putting uh, seasons of shows out all at once and might explore the, week, the weekly release format uh, that many other uh, streamers have been doing. So um, they're not officially going to do that, but I just thought it was uh, worth sharing. So that is why I'm telling it to, to,
0: to well, you Well, I'm sure glad they didn't choose to do it with Cobra Kai Season 5, man. You want to bring up Netflix. Uh yo, Mikey, oh. you finished it I'm sure, right? Yep, well I finished it yesterday. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm sure you did. I know you did as well, Dean. So so guys, what are your thoughts quickly on uh, on season five <laughs> of Cobra Kai? I mean I had
2: uh oh go go ahead, Dean. No, no, I insist. You go ahead, monkey. I, I was just gonna say super fast that uh I had a bunch of things downloaded for the weekend viewing. I had She-Hulk, Harley Quinn, Thor, Love and Thunder, you know, and then I was telling the Cobra Kai, and, you know, I was like, okay, honey, what do you want to watch? And I listed it all off, of shit and, and the people was like, Cobra Kai, put it up now. Cobra Kai, <laughs> we're, we're watching that shit this weekend. And, yeah, like, uh, man, again, just when you thought they couldn't raise the bar and raise the price of how much they're spending on shit, and just how ridiculous the storylines are getting, you know, with what they did, you know, but at the same time, it still kept you coming back for more. And this, this season, I thought the writing got really, really good because finally people are starting to talk to each other. Instead of just get pissed off and punch each other, they're actually talking and be like, holy fuck, yeah, we, we need to stop fighting and we need to go beat the fuck out of this motherfucker. <laughs> It made for a really fun season, Dean. What were you gonna say? Uh, look, I what?
1: What can we say, man? I just absolutely <laughs> fucking love it. What a fucking world uh, that they have been create that they have created. And you know, my 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 wife does not watch this, and I when I try to explain, like I just feels you know, like the season. then that I watched the whole season. This is what's going on. Like when you talk about it and, and you hear, you describe the plot and what is going on and trying to yeah. explain <laughs> who the legacy characters are. It is just, it is the most ridiculous, it is the most ridiculous, absurd story all-encompassing, <laughs> like related to the going back to the movies, to, uh, to the show. It's absolutely ridiculous, but yet, it works in every possible way. It is just, it's equal parts, funny, dramatic, at times riveting, uh, action-packed, uh, good characters and character development, uh, triumphs and failures and redemptions. I mean, its it's got it all. And to, to, <laughs> to, have, to have all three, to have all three of uh, Daniel-san's nemesis is, from the first three
0: movies (laughs) teaming up
1: together to to take down, you know, the snake, the head of the snake, uh, against Terry Silver. uh, You know, he himself, uh, you know, torturing, uh, you know, a teenager uh, going back to the original movie. Like, it's just all so absurd, but just so amazing that all of these actors are still game to, to be a part of this. And just how how like like just like the fun of it just pours off the screen. Like everyone's doing such a great job. And even the little touches, man, the the three creators, uh, the things that they're able to go back and mine from uh the original series that they were able it's to like legitimately mac and build cheese, out.
0: Baby.
1: Yeah, well that of course. Well, those <laughs> the mac and jokes. cheese <laughs> like the Mac and Cheese the Mac and Cheese and also, uh in this season when Daniel uh when he made his proclamation that he was out, that he was done after he got after he like recovered from getting beat and was heading back to go back to work, and everyone was like, "Where are you going? What are you doing?" He's like, "I'm out. I'm going to work." Even the the, the sunglasses that he put on was the same exact type of sunglasses he had on uh, when he was leaving his apartment in the first movie. Uh, you know, the morning after the beach fight. And his mom was like, "Take off the glasses. Take off the glasses.
0: Oh, you let know? me see it's those baby sunglasses. Browns."
1: Yeah, let me <laughs> see those baby
2: Browns. Mom,
1: he would rest with the baby Browns. <laughs> Take off the glasses
2: but Okay, but,
1: uh, okay, okay, but, but let's, anyway, let's get us in like, no, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, oh, okay, on stuff, okay. The point that I was trying to make, that the three creators, right, and they even showed the flashback scene to the third movie when Terry Silver comes into the backyard of Miyagi's house and he says, the, I can't remember the name, but he says the name of who he studied under to Mr. Miyagi. Like, they yes. took that comment and they built out a whole fucking world based on that for this third season, which think of that to, to come up with that idea to mine that toss off piece of dialogue that he explained that he just said in passing, uh, you know, it's just remarkable what they're able to do, man. I absolutely fucking love it. And I can't believe it's over already. And I can't wait for fucking season
0: six. A <laughs> Throwaway line of dialogue from Terry Silver uh-huh. that, you know, watching that movie. You know, knowing the, the slithery, slimy snake that he is, you just assume that it's bullshit. You know, he didn't train into, under anybody else. He trained under John fucking Crease. You know, like that. that's, I just figured it was just another line of bullshit. Fun by that man. I and thought maybe so at too. At the time, it, it was. But for them, like you said, Dean, to take that little bit and expand it into an entire you know, a whole fucking regime of other people, other characters, mm-hmm. all these other villains. Yep. It was fantastic. Yes. And you know, my yes. my my sentiments on the season as a whole, I uh I do believe you know you can see the money that was spent. Uh they, they had better cameras. Oh yeah. Uh the the <laughs> You know, a lot of the angles were better. The filming was better. I, don't, I feel at the, at the expense of the fight sequences, I don't believe we got as many good fight scenes in this season as we have in the past. I also believe that that school fight scene that we get at the end of season two is the pinnacle. Yeah, no, they will
1: never, it will never, it will never reach that peak again, man. When, whenever this ends, and the creators, they they didn't say how many seasons they want to do, but they do say they know the end game. Uh, whatever happens, I don't, I can't see how they can eclipse, uh, the, the fight scene, uh, at the school, like on all accounts, on the performances, the location, uh, all of the students that were following the action in the background, uh, everything that was going on between all of those characters. And granted, the fight the next season, uh, you know, in the LaRusso house uh, was a good one too, but not at the scope of the school one and how big that set was and how much action was going on all over the place. Like, they would have to come up with something absolutely batshit crazy too. To get to that level again, because really, that's and I and the and I swear, when when season five wrapped up for me, the first thing I did was go back immediately, grab the remote, and went back and watched the fight scene from the school again. Uh, and it, <laughs> it, it, it still lives up when you watch it; it's it's fucking
0: awesome. The, the portion that we saw when they showed the clip of Miguel falling still yeah. kind of like elicits. Somewhat of an emotional response. It's not obviously as bad as the first time I ever watched it, in which I turned into a big sobbing mess. Um, you know, like Friday Night Lights level, like sobbing mess about it. It was, uh, it was quite something. But yeah, I uh, even the the ghoul girl because she watched it with me. You know, it's 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 funny because you watch this show, and yeah, these are characters that you know we've known for. For, for ages, and forty years, Ben. Maybe
1: forty years. I love how we're emotionally half, attached. Forty
0: years. I love how we're emotionally attached to these characters. But I also love how they've brought in these new kids, these new characters, and they've made them such a part of the universe that I feel equally attached to them now. You know, I'm just as mm-hmm. invested in Miguel's story, you know, and Robbie's story, and Tori's story, and Sam's story. Uh, you know, Hawk is one of my favorite fucking characters, and I've loved everything about his story arc. It has been fantastic watching that kid, you know, do what he's done at this point, you know, and I love it. You know, I love when, I love when, you know, in the last season, when he takes the fucking thing off, and, you know, you get that little flex, and there's that eagle cry you know and it's just like back baby (laughs) you know i love seeing the mohawk come back like it's amazing how the mohawk came back by the end of the season it was like a faux hawk and then like the next episode it was a straight up mohawk again um but but, yeah i do think there there were certain things that that they that didn't hit as hard this season but the moments that did were great they were effective it was phenomenal you know when, when you had johnny and and, uh, and chosen, you know, back-to-back for that split second. It was like, dude, this is pretty badass. You got both the fucking Daniels' nemesis right here fucking teaming up, man. This is the kind of shit we came up with as kids. And then, yeah, you and in Mike Barnes, you know, fucking the ba- karate's bad boy, Mike Barnes. You know, you get him in there, you got all three of these guys going in, and what are they going in to do? Man, they're going to fuck up Terry Silver and, and his peach. And, yeah, didn't, didn't quite go... Completely that way, they they did accomplish it But uh but yeah, Chosen got fucked up, man And that, that I think, <laughs> is the stuff that surprised me most during the series I know Dean had mentioned it to me in a message But like the blood spurt That one guy gets slashed And there's like blood Oh, and his fingers got locked of his off hand. Yeah, dude, like, yeah he, like, locked he lost, lost his fingers his fucking And I'm like, holy shit, look at that going I just started laughing, you know hmm. But uh but yeah, for, yeah, for I, Chosen to get his back slashed yeah. open That was a good gash, you know
2: yeah, and then the last three episodes, they just started dropping the F-bomb. Like, it was, you know, <laughs> it was like I'd never heard him use fuck that much before in Cobra Kai, you know, all starting with when, uh, you know, fucking LaRusso slides the note, <laughs> this crease <laughs> going, no mercy, motherfucker. I, oh, man, we fucking lost it in our house, man, when he opened that note. We were like, oh, shit.
0: <laughs> and, and you know what? I kind of... I kind of felt, and maybe this is something that we're going to see in the, in the next season. Now, I know, obviously, we've seen Daniel do sus things here and there. But, you know, I really felt like when he did that to Crease, it was kind of shitty on Daniel's part to do that. And, you know, especially considering where Crease is, you know, and, and the fact that he was there for something that he didn't even do. You know, so, so I don't care what it is that Kreese did that pissed Daniel off so much, but, like, to leave that man in jail and not even, like, really give him a lawyer after saying you were going to do all that shit just seemed like a real low fucking thing. And it's just, again, what it does is it reminds me, this is Johnny's show. And that's, that's the thing. You know, everything was always supposed to be about Johnny's, Johnny's perspective. You know, Daniel's the villain. Yes. And, and and every now and again, the show makes sure to remind you that yeah, you know what, Daniel is kind of a shit. You know, I know in our house, like all the all the all the ladies in this house, uh, Sam and, and and Bonnie, they're both Team Tory. They don't like Sam at all. They think that Sam is an no. entitled bitch. They completely yep. dislike the character. They are all on like they're like we want Tory to beat the shit out of her.
2: Yeah, and and then on top of that, you know, just to take it back to season one. Don't forget, Larusso went to straight up mafia techniques to try and chase Johnny out of town.
0: Oh. You know, it's because he also sent you his know, cousin Louie <laughs> around. We
2: know how that goes. Yeah, yeah, but you know, sent his cousin Louie around. You know, uh, you know, went and blew up his car. Try to sh- you know shut down his business. Then try to use his influence to sit there and shut him out of the competition, and shit like that. You know, he. he- at season one, he was just as fucking shady as any any of the other bad guys in this series. He lost his
0: balance, you know. He eventually got it back, but, you know, still. Still, see see some shady shit, but, I mean, I guess that that's all part of it. You know, I did, uh, I did have to say, you know, it was pretty cool to see uh, Akihiro. Uh, I forget how to say his last name, uh, but he was the head in the Human Centipede. He actually played young Sato. In the flashback scene, right? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Oh, I'm you know, with right, you, you know what else is cool? Are, are we?
1: Are we? Did, did the king see this? Is he going to listen to the show? Is it okay if we're uh, like talking about things that have happened? Or are we? Is it? Are we? Are we giving spoilers out here? Like, like, does it matter? Do we care? Like, we're allowed well, okay, to do okay, whatever I'm,
0: we want. I'm, the monarchy is just, dead yeah. this this yeah. night. <laughs> <laughs> the I'm just trying to consider what I play. want to say next. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: just want to. I just. I'm just considering what I want to say next. Because it's like, he's major like a, well, We've
0: already, already spoiled the yeah, entire yeah, show. So what yeah, yeah, we've already spoiled. Spoil it? <laughs> yeah.
1: No, no. I mean, what I'm going to say is like specific details from the end. That is like big time spoiling. So, like, do we care? Like, or should I just go for it? As as That's as opposed cool. to everything else we've said. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Fine. So well, I if think anybody A, listening right now has not
0: watched the end of Cobra Kai, put your fingers in your ears and go
1: yeah. yeah, do exactly what you said. <BECK> but also too, uh one, the the great callback in, in the final confrontation between Daniel and Silver when uh, he 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 uses the quick silver method. And then uh if if you think back to uh, the karate kid three, uh, during the fight, uh Silver uh, over on the side is like making all kinds of jokes, like ho, ho, do the crane, daddy boy, do the crane. And ultimately, like it, it finally comes back forty years later, and, <laughs> and he uses the crane to fucking take him down. Like that was fucking awesome because you know uh, that was such a a huge fucking thing in 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 the time of the original film. And every freaking kid in the universe was walking around doing the fucking crane kick. And mm-hmm. you know, yeah. then you had you had <laughs> On poles. you had the yeah you had the you had the fake out. Well, not the fake out. You had uh, Chosen's defense in Karate Kid Two when Daniel tried to pull it out in the final fight. And you know, you were like, oh, he's going to use the crane again. But then he was foiled uh, and had to use that that side side uh, swiping technique drum that he learned earlier D- in drum the film. Drum technique, uh, yep. Right. No. Yes. The drum technique. So. Uh, but then in, in, in Karate Kid 3 and all through Cobra Kai so far, there has been nothing at all in any way about the crane kick. Uh, he didn't teach it to any of the kids. and It was never really brought up or talked about. So for him to pull it out of his fucking bag in that moment, like, it was just fucking awesome. It was glorious. <laughs> we glorious. saw
0: Miguel use the crane kick in the uh, first season. Did he use it in the tournament? He used it. Yeah, yeah, remember? He used it during the tournament, and it was like Johnny gave, like, a little fuck you look over at Daniel for it.
1: Oh, you know, I'm going to have to go back and look. I I don't remember that. I really don't. All right. Uh, but, let's see but again. I mean, still... it
0: wasn't a source of a big thing. Being that it was the largest thing to come out. Like, I mean, the poster of the fucking movie has him in the background, you know, on the on the pylon in the in the pose. I mean, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Like, yeah. I remember as a kid, you know, when we would play karate or fighting, you know, once somebody pulled out the crane kick, it was like, oh, no, all battles are over, you know, like you hoped to get to that point. Um, I, I fell many a times trying to – to recreate that sequence, standing on top of—I uh, don't know if you remember—but like at the at the uh, in New York, you couldn't take shopping carts past a certain point when you would leave, like a like a like a wall bombs or a food town or whatever. They had those those pylons, those concrete pylons that were there. Yeah, I know exactly we, what you're talking fuck. about. We used to climb on those fucking things and try to pull it off on that, you know? And, and yeah, you know, it's, it oh, man. doesn't and feel good when you get one of you, those up your ass, you know? And you
2: know everyone that was working inside was like, oh, man, look at these white boys trying to do that <laughs>
0: Karate Kid <laughs> shit outside. Look at them, look at them. <laughs> yeah, no, they come here. <laughs> Regina was the, uh, she was like the manager of the place. We used to call her the Regina Steamer Carpet Cleaner. And uh, she would come running out. She was this short, fat chick, and she'd come yelling at us. She always had, like, like Claws, like super manicured, like long ass claw nails, you know. And she's like, "You get out of here, 'cause you kids, you're gonna get, you're gonna have to make a stew. You get the stew. You better get out of here now." She comes spurring out. She's like maybe four foot eleven, five foot tops, but she was like a meatball man. The legs. <laughs> She took away my first job. We used to bag groceries for people there, man. And we used to get tips. And then they were like, nah, we can't have you kids do that. We're going to hire people to bag groceries. So then we'd take people's bags to their fucking cars. And then she started yelling at us about that, too. That so was that. <laughs> but, 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 yeah,
2: it's like, you know, just to recap, it's like everything that the dean said, you know, how over the top it is. When you explain it, you know, the fact that, you know, they were flying in, you know, special, you know, training crews from overseas and shit like that. And I was like, oh <laughs> man, <laughs> you know, this, 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 is, this, this, this is every, yeah, this is everything we loved though about 80s and 90s action movies was just all of the over top stuff. But then, you know, in closing, Dean, uh, you know, everything you said about every drop line, you know, here developing into another thing, you know, and it's, and creating new worlds. That's why the ghoul and I get so excited about Marvel shows and the Star Wars shows, because they're doing the exact same thing of just taking small snippets here and there and making the world so much bigger, you know. but you And now you get it because they're doing the exact same thing with uh, the Miyagi-verse. <laughs>
0: man i just i just hope that that we don't go back to next karate kid level but you know what i'm sure if they were to pull it out i'm sure if they were to pull it out they would do it in a way that would end up working and i'd be like wow man i'm so i would go back to that movie and be like man this movie was much better than i ever remember you know look at that 40 year old guy playing a high school
2: kid who would have
0: fucking thought you know
2: well i actually saw them in an interview, uh, Johnny and LaRusso, you know, on Entertainment Tonight, and they were talking real quick about, you know, hey, are you willing to tap into any more movies? You know, are you willing to, you know, pull Hillary Swank into the Miyagi-verse? And they were both like, look, anything is open. It's up to the writers. You know, what's the world they want to do? You know, and they said the ultimate plan is they want to, you know, do two more seasons and then finish everything with a final movie. You know, but they said anything is open in the Miyagi-verse, you know, but the ultimate plan ends with a movie. (laughs) It
0: it, it just amazes me at times, you know, because again, even like, let's say like with the Karate Kid and stuff like that, you know, we had obviously, you know, Danny Boy is uh, is a much older actor. Than, than the character that he's playing. But, you know, at the time that I was a kid watching it, like, I never really, like, saw that kind of stuff. And then the other night, you know, I put on one of, like, my, my – it's just one of my favorite movies. I just, I just love it, you know. It always puts a smile on my face. I know that Dean loves it, too. The movie Airborne, you know, and uh, – Fucking love it, man. The fucking Pepe and the Shark and, and Mitchell fucking Goosen, you know. But, like, yeah, little man. things that, like, I pick up when I watch it now. Like, I look at Talk like I look at the Blaine. character of, of, of Jack – you know, like the the main villain up until the end of the until the end of the movie, basically, her older brother. You he's know? like forty. This guy is like, he's like thirty fucking five, like playing a fucking ice school kid. <laughs> I'm like, I remember seeing that movie back then and thinking, man, the fucking high school seniors they suck. Because I'm looking at this guy like, dude, this guy's getting ready for the fucking blue pill to keep his yang up, you know.
1: I like my name is Augie. I like
0: Nintendo. <laughs> um,
1: is that on? Uh, is that on Movies
0: Anywhere by by chance? Uh, I like would chance have to, to check. To I, I, I I have it on Xbox, so if it is, it would be on Movies Anywhere. If it's if it's one of the uh, companies that they work with. All right, let's see. <laughs> I'm gonna look and see if it's on
1: your Movies Anywhere. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know that's you know I didn't realize we were gonna go so deep on uh <laughs> on um. Cobra
0: Kai, come on, give, give us some quick horror news. Give us some quick bits. Yeah, what you got? Give us All horror, right, some horror. Quick bits. This is a horror. All right, show, here we go. Here we go. Not a Cobra Kai show. Yes. Uh, the, <laughs> here we
1: go. The Bring It On uh, movie series. Uh, we know <laughs> that coming from Universal Sci-Fi is the next edition in this long-running series, which is going to be the horror edition, Bring It On, Cheer or Die. Uh, this oh, is a, a combination. Production from Universal and Sci-Fi, uh, and while there is no release date announced yet, you can expect this to be hitting Sci-Fi sometime this fall. Cheer, cheer, cheer! Or die, I
2: don't, die, die,
0: die. <laughs> I don't know, There's man. That. You know, like the, the, the Bring It On series. <laughs> after the first movie, I was done. You know, and and. First one you know, was good. The first yep. movie's excellent. But first, first I say no shame, is, man. The first movie's fucking awesome. Yes, it's, love a fu- it. it's a fun movie. There's a lot of sarcasm in it, and you know, silly little bits, quips, and quotes that go on in the background. You know, fucking Dushku and 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 Dunst both looking great. You know, it's it's, it's a it's a fun. I almost look at it as a black comedy. In a lot of ways, because again, like I said, there's all those little those little barbs that are getting tossed that, that you catch it in the background of that that you know, like the guy slipping the fucking thumb up chick's ass every time. <laughs> what
1: else you got to do that? Uh, Blumhouse uh, has put together a five part documentary series called Blumhouse's Compendium of Horror, and it is coming to Epics in October. Uh, the will debut on October 2nd, 10 p.m. Eastern Time on the Epics channel. Uh, it is going to be narrated by Robert England, Freddy Krueger himself, uh, and it will be uh, examining uh, horror films from the 1930s all the way uh, to today. Ooh,
0: very cool. So yeah, there, nice
2: wide open span. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and, you know, so much... Uh, going on, in the Thai West world, uh, we talked about, last week, we talked about how Pearl uh, set in 1918, like a prequel to, to Thai West X, um, they've now announced uh, that they are making uh, Maxine, uh, the Maxine in the title spelled with uh, three X's, three X's. Uh, Maxine. Uh, And Mia Goth will be returning to play her role as Maxine Minks from the first X movie. And this movie is going to be set in the early 1980s Los Angeles as Maxine Minks, after having survived the events of X, uh, is still in L.A. uh, trying to become famous and make it. So uh, this coming just on the heels of of Pearl uh, hitting the screens. Uh, this this universe uh, that Ty West has created is continuing to grow and develop. And and if you are interested in auditioning for a role in this film, uh, there is an open casting call. Uh, you have been asked to reenact your version of the final standoff between Pearl and Maxine and X, and you have to play both roles. And then you can submit your audition to either TikTok, Twitter, or Instagram with the hashtag #Xcastingcall, call, uh, and you must submit that by September 28th. Uh, So Mm -hmm. that world uh, continues to grow uh, coming from the film X that we covered here on the show just a few short weeks ago. Uh, Mm -hmm. Other other movies on the horizon, uh, we know that finally... After all this time and waiting and knowing that it was happening, uh, Terrifier 2, Art the Clown is once again going to savage the screen. Uh, But as it was shared with us this afternoon, uh, right now it's looking like this movie is clocking in at a hefty two and a half hours uh, of running time, which uh, for this kind of film sounds like a fucking lot, man. And I don't know if you saw my comment in our, in our chat, but I said that if they're bringing this to us at two and a half hours, like I'm expecting like no less than like 90 minutes should be sheer splatter and carnage because I don't know what the hell you're going to do for two and a half fucking hours.
0: Well, no, they're just going to be the entire first movie. It's just going to run the entire first movie and then add 30 minutes. <laughs> the first movie was just an extended version of a fucking short from an anthology series.
2: Yep, and you could tell, I, man. I and and the good. weird thing is, man, this this movie has a following. It really does, and I'm
0: just like, why? <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sure people, I'm sure people could say the same thing about Friday the Thirteenth, Texas Chainsaw, all of those things. I mean, look, the character, you know, we we live as we see what like the Ty Westing, right? Like, look, he he's giving you the ability to audition for a role within his movie, utilizing TikTok and, and whatever other ways that you can stream short clip movies up a, a, and out to the world, you know. And that's the society that we live in right now, you know. That just goes to show, like, the attention span of people. So the fact that this is clocking in the two and a half hours, I hope I hope their audience can handle it, Um
2: you know, like you said, I hope that it's
0: just not, I hope it's at least 90 minutes of just straight on Fucking gore man like art the clown just Bro. Sitting there sawing somebody in half For like 90 minutes straight You know it's just, it's be great. 90 minutes of like you know it cuts to the Saw going back and forth through a person And then cuts to just his face Like smiling with some blood on it Back to the saw again for like another 10 minutes Or so just getting deeper Like let's get an actual like Like actual real time Dissection of a human being, you know that that would be fun to watch for ninety <laughs> minutes. Uh, um, yeah, are,
2: are but, you, but then you, like after, after five, he's starting to sweat and has to take a break
0: and dab his brow and shit. It's like, <laughs> fuck, this is hard work? We, we apply his makeup and shit like that. <laughs> like, it will be like it would be like Joaquin Phoenix and Joker, you know, like he'll he'll be like looking in the mirror by himself, just like staring at himself like weirdly. Like smiling a little bit, <laughs> pulling his cheeks cheeks up to like do that real grin. I mean, Arthur the Clown, was yeah, fun, well, man. I just want to see. I want to
1: see Arthur the Clown fuck people up, and I want to see a lot of blood and guts, man. Like that's what it comes down that, to. Like I'm not so interested in the story and finding out how Arthur the Clown is returning, and like the kid that's been following the story in, in real in real time about the Arthur the Clown. Uh, carnage that had taken place like I just want to see the fucking carnage man, and that's if you bring in that kind of running time I just hope they deliver on the fucking blood and guts. That's that's what I'm there for.
0: Got to be an end game level fucking art the clown experience. I mean, let's, let, yeah, let's look at it this way You know what I mean? Obviously the creators in, in their wildest dreams They probably have never thought that the character would take off the way that it did and that they would generate the amount of money that they were able to actually make so so I'm hoping that they're gonna go into this next movie or went into this next movie, you know, with with the ideas of using that money in the right ways to expand and maybe, you know, grow the, the story and the character and, and up the ante as far as blood and, and guts and all that shit goes. But I also hope that they 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 thought to remain honest. In their editing process. You know, you hear a two and a half hour runtime on a horror movie, and it's like, you know, only like a deep fucking movie, like a midsummer can run two and a half hours, because you know what, that's like something that's gonna kind of bend and fold through different types of themes and ideas and all of that stuff. I just don't see that happening with Art the Clown, so I hope it really isn't just the <laughs> process of it just being a fucking messy movie of like, hey, man, we we just kept filming and filming and filming, and, you know, they just kept fucking and fucking <laughs> and fucking. <laughs> what do you want us to do? Any last things Did, before we go we into the movie? <laughs>
1: uh Yes. yes, yes. Um, there will be a, and I'm sorry, the King is is not here to hear this, but he probably knows anyway. Uh, the, the, there will be a documentary (laughs) about the resident evil movie that was going to be written and directed by George Romero. Uh, this documentary is going to be, uh, or has been directed by Brandon, uh, Oh, I can't I did it again. I can't remember. Right. Something with an S. Uh no.
0: And also <laughs> oh, no, uh, The, so second, well. the second
1: uh director was George Romero's personal assistant, uh, Jason Bearfeld. So uh this was announced at a at a convention recently in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania called the Creature Feature Weekend. Uh the end oh, of last he, month. The king uh, was there. So was he there?
0: Yeah, he was there at right? the Creature yes, it, Feature.
1: Oh, all right that's where Well, he, he up
0: did with not. The Texas chainsaw stuff and all oh, that. I didn't, I didn't hey, know that was, what what was anybody called. in this show besides yourself, man. You're so selfish, hey, Dean.
2: <laughs> what, that's, a, that's, a, that's an absurd. <laughs> we all live here too, man. It's
0: our world too. You...
1: Was, I, I'm sorry <laughs> that I didn't remember the name of the convention that the fucking King of Horror went to and, and took all his photos. How fucking silly of me. I feel like the only names of conventions that I know are Chiller Theater and Monster Mania and the New Jersey Horror Con. Like, I don't know the name of all the fucking conventions. But anyway, uh, there is going to be a documentary about a Resident Evil movie that was not made, but was going to be written and directed by George Romero. And let's see. uh, Oh, I should have said this when I was talking about Halloween and stuff before. Uh, For this movie, uh, Trick-or-Treat Studios is going to be selling an exact replica of the modern, uh, disheveled, uh, falling apart, moldy Michael Myers mask. Uh, Pre-orders start tomorrow, September 15th, and this will run you the low, low price of $79.99 to hold on to this replicated piece of cinematic history.
2: Hmm. Very cool. Okay. (laughs)
1: Okay. So on tonight's episode of Talking Terror, uh, the Ghoul of Geek Keith is bringing us uh, his fine uh, cinematic choice. Uh, this is a film uh, that was a shutter original uh, from 2020, uh, All the Moons, uh, directed by Igor Legareta uh take away ghoul and talk to us about all the moons.
0: Uh yeah, listen, it's a uh it's it's a vampire story, you know, at its heart, it, it is what you have here. Um, all the moons. You know what again, I uh, last week I I had just re upped my, my shutter, you know, finally having my own access to the actual Shutter app as opposed to, to going through it with the Amazon uh, Prime app and then only having access to just a list. So upon going through that, you know, I found a bunch of films that I was like, ooh, I'm going to add this to my list, ooh, I'm going to add this to my list, blah, 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 Ultimately, I ended up having a list of like five or six movies. Um, I knew that we, we did not have The King this week, so I figured I'd leave it up to chance, and I, uh, I, I rolled the die, literally. Rolled uh, roll and, a and the D6. Was, the, <laughs> I rolled d D6. And we came up with a two, and this was the movie that was the two. Um, so, so, so here we have it uh, during a, a war in, uh, where I didn't, re- I didn't realize we were in Spain until the end of the movie. Um, so, so same was here. <laughs> in a war in Spain, and, uh, and, and yes, yeah, so a, a young girl, a lot like a Kristen Dunst character from uh, Interview with the Vampire, uh, chooses to, to be bitten, uh, not knowing. That uh, before her and then would be a life of, uh, of, of immortality, but, but also sadness and, and, and hardship as she watches the people around her age and die. Um, and that, that ultimately sums up All the Moons. So have a good night, everybody, and we'll, uh, we'll talk to you next week. Good night, everybody. Thank you for Ma. listening.
1: Hell uh, <laughs> <laughs> Satan. hell uh, yourselves. Uh, keep America strong. <laughs> Watch
0: horror movies you why, why doing the, the king, like king by of the hill? of like Donald Trump. That was <laughs> oh, great. Oh, so,
2: Your king impression king. sounded like king of the hill. <laughs> so, also so propane Dean, or propane
0: assessor. <laughs> you like propane? Propane in horror movies. <laughs> so Dean, Dean, how did you feel about all the movies? What did this movie elicit? In uh, Uh, I've dug, like, the kind of, uh,
1: you know, dark, smoky, like, misty uh, atmosphere. I tend to like these older uh, period piece horror movies because, uh, you know, I just feel that uh, these settings, these kind of, like, outdoor, woodsy, older settings without all of the trappings of modern technology. And by modern technology, I mean even movies that we've covered from the 60s, 70s, 80s, etc., I just feel it's more right for uh, like the unknown and to be scared of the unknown and what's out there. Um, you know, I thought it was an interesting enough take on uh, on a vampire story. Um, you know, uh, you know, I didn't. It was okay. You know, like there's things about it that I liked. No, it wasn't terrible.
0: What wow, about that was deep. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Hey, I um, to him, man, you know what? I thought he was fine <laughs> with it. What about you, Monk? How'd you feel about yeah, it? Yeah, seriously. Because we get so deep I, when
1: we go through our initial thoughts on the film, you know? This is the time where we really get deep
0: Well, <laughs>
2: this is, well, is depth. Speaking of <laughs> Well, I didn't really consider this horror – But I I really, really liked this movie, man. I thought this was a really good fucking period piece drama. Like, I I was not expecting this in any way, shape, or form, just because the cover almost looks like a Bollywood film. I was completely thrown off when we were presented with what I thought was maybe an Italian film. And I liked this. I really, really dug the spin they put on this thing about vampirism, but it's not really vampirism, because I didn't really see anybody biting anybody. It was just about consuming blood and that we didn't have fangs we didn't have anything like that going on but then we have this weird fucked up story of uh you know pretty much like you were saying the the girl from um interview with vampire but released out into the wild and having to learn the rules of and laws of vampirism through just mere survival on her own in the you know in the wilderness and I thought it was just a really, really good fucking movie, man. <laughs> I really, really dug this
0: movie. It <laughs> well, very cool. I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah,
1: that was such a such a, a deep, deep statement. statement.
0: Was it? It was. It was so deep. I mean, I'm touched. My, my heart is like singing right now. Thank you, monkey. Um. Oh. <laughs> oh, like a Julie Andrews movie. <laughs> Absolutely, my heart's alive at the sound of vampires. Um, yeah, no, I, guess I definitely agree with the dean as far as uh, you know the atmosphere of the film. And yes, like when you take a, a, a when you take this kind of film and this kind of storyline and place it in this setting. And this time period, it is way more effective because you know even down to just basic communication between people, because of the distances between us, we don't have telephones, we don't have you know instantaneous communication. It just lends to a uh, a, a better spreading of let's say like a myth, so to say, you know, and it, and it makes it easier to to, to accept why stories like werewolves and vampires and shit like that would become commonplace back in, in these time frames? Because again, you know, people would have, you know, uh, I'm sure a lot of it had to do with people, you know, as simple as women get in their periods to, to allergic reactions or, you know, genetic disorders and stuff like that. But, but these are the things that have, have created these, these legends for us, you know, with again, with vampires and werewolves and then fucking, you know, like the Jersey devil and shit like that. Um, but yeah, I uh, like I said, originally, I I had no idea that this this film was was set in like you know any kind of Spanish time frame. I knew that it was going to take place in a older period from the trailer, um, you know. But yeah, I like the the way the film opens up, uh, how how everything's introduced. You know, it,
2: it you're having
0: the kids in the church sequence, and you know the something that I always find to be very effective in in any kind of film. I mean, I've said it since Friday the Thirteenth Part Two, you know you know a scene is telling you that it's real fucking heavy and it's a real scary situation when a character pisses themselves and you see it happen, you know? So, yeah. so as these kids are huddled underneath this church and, you know, you, you have our main character even saying to, to, the, to the sister, you know, the, 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 the nun, like, why aren't we running? Like, why aren't we leaving? You know, you realize that, that these women... Know that death is coming and that these children are going to die and that they are going to die and that, you know, as far as they're concerned, like, look, we're going to be within the arms of the law, the Lord. But, you know, I think the other thing that you're trying to to see here, you know, and because they kept showing like the nun like close up and there's nothing they can do to <laughs> all. What? <laughs> so I he's, need going, to he's going Batman. He's going
2: Batman's coming. No,
0: no, I was
1: going sorry. I was going I was going Rambo.
0: <laughs> oh, close <laughs> <laughs> <showing these> to <laughs> the nun and you see how old she is. You know, and you realize like, you know, this woman,
2: you know, it's easy for her
0: at this point to to be like, you know what? I'm at peace with the fact okay. that I'm going to die because you know it's <laughs> over anyway. I'm fucking ancient, you know. But these poor kids—they're down there, and like I, I really do like it. it kind of pisses me off. Like as I'm watching it, I'm like, you know, bitch, you can't let these kids go run. Like let them try to take off. You know, we 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 don't know exactly what war is going on. I mean, I don't remember seeing it in any of the dialogue.
2: Um, it, it was you know it was at the beginning. It, it was the end of the third Carlos War.
0: Oh, okay. Thank you. So so yeah, I miss I must have missed yep. that part. <laughs> yeah it Thank was a quick glitch. <laughs> oh, like so, so the
2: beginning yeah so the beginning of the film was supposed to take place around i think like 1870s
0: oh well, i do remember seeing a year i think it was like 1874 so i know you're right about that um but but yeah as uh, you know as the girl obviously is uh is mortally injured you know after the uh the building comes down upon them uh you know, we, we are, are met with a shadowy figure with whom the child believes could possibly be an angel. Um, you know, now, now obviously we knowing what it is now, uh, with a kiss, so to say, she, she gives this girl the, the gift of life once again. Uh, I thought it interesting that she kept asking her um, as if she needed permission uh, in order to do it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if, if that was like a specific thing or if it was just her. Like, I don't know. Like, it was weird that she kept asking her if she wanted it, but without telling her what the negative consequence was. <laughs> like, you want me to do this, right? <laughs> you definitely want me to do this, right? Like, it should have been like, hey, you want me to do this, but hey, just so you know, you're never going to age again and you're going to be frozen forever at this time frame for the- <laughs> Eternity, yeah, all yeah, um, yeah. She leaves it really, really, really blank. You know, it's like I, I complete, completely, heal you.
2: You know, I can, but you gotta want it. You have to want it from the bottom of your heart. You know, <laughs> and uh, I just wanted to say also when we first get introduced to what's going to be the mother, I, I really enjoyed. Uh, the costume designs of this movie and the way they, you know, made the raggedy cloaks and all that kind of stuff, just something about the look of all of it. I just really, really fucking dug, man.
0: Yeah. No, yeah, I agree. I mean, it it allows for them to move uh, in some somewhat of shadow, obviously at night Uh, they can blend in real easy. Uh, We, we find out that there's a whole coven of these people, and that, uh, you know, we're told, you know, by, by the mother through dialogue, you know, to always follow those lights, you know, that those lights will always be there. And by those lights, it was the fires that were glowing. And, you know, it's yes. a interesting thing to think of because when you see them as this, this whole entire group, what you realize is, is they're just following warts you know, and that's all it is. So war is something that is always going on. So they will just continue to follow the fighting because it's easiest for them to feed without having to, you know, cause they could feed on dying individuals. It seems like, I, I don't know if they could feed on ones that are dead. I guess the blood has to be pumping, uh, but I'm not positive. Cause again, they never really go into, into depth as far as the human feeding aspect of it. We only see it like once or twice in the, in the movie. Um, but, but again, the idea that they're gonna just follow wars and that that is how they're going to to sustain their their lives, so, you know, kind of like uh like a weird vampire gypsy caravan, you know,
2: yeah, 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 I was gonna say the same thing, but it yeah, like you said, you know it follows a lot of the basic rules of vampirism, but it also leaves a lot in the gray, you know, and- but you didn't see them really feeding on the dead, you know it it seemed like something had to be pumping because it's not like because if that was the case it could have like just been you know just having like stores of the shit you know in their caves or something like that
0: well not necessarily well that's why I would figure freshly dead you know like hey this guy just got blown up his body is still pretty warm you know, his heart just isn't beaten anymore. Like, I think they can still feed on that. But obviously, like, I would think once the blood gets coagulated and, it's, you know, a person's dying, I think, or, like, fully dead for, like, a day or two, I would think that they're, they're, they're not going to be able to feed on that. Yeah.
2: yeah but, but but again, though, like, like you said, though, them just going around traveling and just following and therefore not drawing attention to themselves because you already have the slaughters that are going on. And no one's going to be checking the battlefield going, oh, God, why, why are their body strained of blood? Oh, <laughs> uh, because they're missing half their fucking body because the other half is over there because it got blown up by a fucking bomb.
0: <laughs> exactly. You know, it's easy to explain away a mangled corpse, you know, whether it's been chewed upon or just dead because, you know, again, when, when you got, you know, grown people fighting each other over, you <laughs> know, things like religion and land, you know these, these things are are, are not uncommon. <laughs> well, but it doesn't no, mean look, the to, <laughs> There's
1: there's wars going on in this world that have been going on for hundreds of years, over, and thousands of years, over those same two yes, and things
0: that you just said. Yep. yep. Yes, indeed, man. Um, so, you know, yes, indeed. We're not yeah. too long for this world in which they don't get caught. You know, obviously they not uh, the story not cow yeah. with the story needs to to move <laughs> forward. So so we're propelled forward by the fact that they are are suddenly. Uh, you know revealed that 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 they are under assault, so to say, like I guess the the villagers or the people in that area, the soldiers, yeah, I guess it would have to be the soldiers because they all had guns. Um, realize something's <laughs> amiss you know with this with this barn in the area and uh, and the people have to make a break for it, you know, and we do find out that again, similar to, to regular vampires, sunlight is is not good for them uh, and, uh, and and the mom and daughter are split but but before we do have that split, we are given the one piece of dialogue between the daughter and the the mom in which the mom tells her as long as i am living you'll be okay you know and you know following just basic vampire lore the cre- the, the the vampire that created one if that one dies so does any one that it's created you know i don't know You see you see that throughout mm-hmm. the originals and and uh the vampire diaries and shit like that so that's why everybody's all freaking out when like, in the originals, because those guys are the ones that started, like, vampires in general, they're always like, oh, my God, you can't kill Klaus, because if you kill Klaus, you're going to kill every single vampire that ever exists. And, you know, the With the fucking crux of
2: a yeah, you know, th- no, call, it's, no, like it's that. Eight, no, it's the no, no, it's it's Klaus's eight pack. That's why they're saying don't kill Klaus. <laughs> that's that's why they keep saying it.
0: <laughs> well, that that too. That's why they're all sitting there like, oh my god, he's so beautiful. Um, but but for the last, you know, the, the the crux of many of those damn stories are them trying to figure out a way to break the fucking curse so that they can kill Klaus and then and, and not all die in the process. Good series, uh, the originals. (laughs) I really enjoyed the shit out of it. But but back to this one, you know the 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 mother and daughter are split. You know the I couldn't tell who fell off the fucking cliff at first. I'm like, did the mom fall off or did the daughter fall off? Uh, You know you find out that it is the daughter, and uh, and the mom, you know wailing after being shot. You know which obviously I knew she wouldn't be dead because she's a fucking vampire. Uh, You know she she has her moment of of sorrow on the cliff top in which she's just Chewbacca mm. style and then uh <laughs> but, th- but then we're shown a couple minutes later you know that uh that the daughter you know awakens and rises out of the snow. Another one rising like Jesus. <laughs> like they pop it out of the snow like daisies. <laughs> but
2: but also it's like all, all of this you're starting to see their filming technique throughout the thing and you're just seeing the l- the awesome fucking landscape they're using in this movie, man. Like, they're they're using some awesome, awesome, like, Lord of the Rings, you know, Middle Earth fucking shit here, man, (laughs) as far as, like, their choices of shots where they made this movie.
0: Yeah, uh, I I don't know if this is filmed on location. Uh, It was hard to even get, like, any info on this, and you know what? I hate to say it, but, like, unfortunately, it doesn't even have, like, a wiki. You know, like a Wikipedia nope. page or anything. Where, like You know, you can get some like... So, so, we're, so we're totally you know, winging this, shit. boys and girls. <laughs> I, I, well, of course. I mean, I, I'm always winging it, man. Like, uh, I might glance at <laughs> that kind of stuff, but, but for the most part, I'm just flying off the cuff. But, yeah, absolutely. The settings are beautiful. So, so my guess, you know, judging from... It's one of those. They're so beautiful that they can't be fake. You know, like, there's times when yeah. you see stuff in a movie and you're like, wow, that's really pretty, so it has to be fake, you know, and you can see that it's digital and all this and that. But looking at the guerrilla-style filming techniques that are used in this movie, I, w- I think it's a safe assumption to say they filmed this, you know, on location somewhere, and it is it is glorious. And, yeah, again, it's 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 awesome to see it's- films that are are like this, that are foreign born films that are looking this pristine and this beautiful. And and it's not just some artistic style film. I mean, it's, you know, overall it is a a straight up, you know, like I said, it's a vampire film. It's no different than like a Dracula, let's say. It's it's just a different type of atmosphere.
2: Uh, Agreed, man. Um, But yeah, so so she uh, awakens and then we have this moment of her, trying to sit there and struggle and survive because the light's out, so she's trying to, you know, run with the cover, you know, her, her blanket over top of her and, you know, finds a ferret nest and, you know, literally burrows her way in there and starts, you know, feeding because, as best she can off of, and here we find out that in this world vampires can survive off of animal blood because she's surviving off this ferret and then after that it cuts to 10 years later and there she is still living in the same hole but for some reason doesn't seem that much bigger uh, and for some reason her clothes still fit her
0: oh wait oh, no, fuck I that's right
2: because she, wait because she doesn't fucking age holy fucking shit i'm so sorry <laughs>
0: Uh, was there, okay, so again, I feel like there were things that must have happened that I blinked and missed. There was, like, a title card or something that said 10 years later? Yes. I was wondering, yes. like, if you were just supposed to base it on, like, the amount of moons that you see in the cave, because that's what I was looking at. Like, if you look at the cave that she's living in at this point, she's got all the moon phases, you know, Like, and you can see that she's just been keeping track of the cycle to to keep track of how long she's been there. So, okay, it's been 10 years. Fantastic. I must must have blinked and missed it. Wow. Yeah, it was
2: a quick title card that, you know, while she was in the cave, it said 10 years later. And, yeah, then, like you said, it goes to the entire cave which looks like it's made out of limestone so don't go fucking spelunking in there anybody um and, and um yeah it just like we it learned after that for last week not s- to uh, go fucking spelunking anyway uh, uh, yep. <laughs> but um yeah and just this cute little hobbit hole that she's made for herself and trying to survive and while she's there though she still gets the occasional flashbacks of um, uh, or delusions, if you will, of uh, mother showing up and checking on her.
0: Mm-hmm. Which I do wonder, you know, like, is this some kind of, you know, telepathic connection? Is this a connection because Possibly, they are, yeah. you know, still obviously entwined because as long as that mom is living, so is this daughter. So she knows for the eternity of her life that she's alive, that that the mother is out there, you know, so so she's left. And see, this brings up its own dilemma for the character, because as long as she's living, she knows the mother is out there. So that's going to leave her with the question, where is she and why hasn't she found me? You know, this is a child that was, you know, in an orphanage to begin with. She tells her that she's never had a mom, you know. She's never had a parent. And then this, this short little burst of happiness that she had is immediately taken away from this poor kid. And, and here she is now again, 10 years Like, it's even worse. You know, 10 years she's alone, somehow living in the wilderness like this, just eating fucking animals. Um, You know, but, again, this is where, like the dean said earlier, the setting and the time period work best for this kind of film because, you know what, I can see where this could happen, you know, or at least for me, it makes plausible sense coming from, you know, the year 2022, you know, looking at the year 1884, and that's, you know, it's a, it's a fucking world that I could never possibly, like, understand other than what I've been told in the history books. Yeah, same thing. And especially when we're talking about, you know, when
2: we're not talking about a time when, like you said, all of this lore was written. You know, this, this is the time when fairy tales are being written. Grand Forest, you know, still existed back then. So for someone to exist in the forest without being discovered is very, very plausible. You know, if they are, like, tucked away in a nice little you know, <laughs> hole there, you know, tucked away from the world and being very discreet about themselves because she's not going after humans. She's, you know, just surviving all, on literally the land because we see her praying in the trees, you know, going after birds, you know, and again, going after uh, for, forest animals and staying very, very close to her region. She, she's not wandering <laughs> off too much. But during <laughs> like this guy, time, also you know,
0: this, this is the Rambo yeah, prequel. We never but, knew we needed.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but then, also during this time, is when we see her, you know, start to test the rules of vampirism, and, you know, she, she we see her exposing herself to the sun, and you know, these are like one of the few, few gore moments we get in the movie. Is her burning herself, you know, and then, you know, saying they're charred, and then finding out she can. You know eventually heal because you know they eventually do heal from damage and she exposes herself more and more and more you know o- over this course of time to the point where she actually builds up an immune factor to the sunlight and until one day she's actually able to just fully go out in the sun. She's still a vampire, but she has built up an immunity. She is the,
0: she is the daywalker. Okay, she's the precursor to Blade. <laughs> she is what Dracula, what Dracula has been looking for for his entire life, other than walking around in tight black pants and beating people up in vampire stores that somehow exist in LA that we don't know about. Um, <laughs> no, I'm no. talking to you, Blade. I'm talking to you, Blade Three and Count Chocula. Um but, but yeah, you know, I, I I found this to be a fun way to obviously get the story moving again but also to to give a a new take on how a vampire could be immune to to the sunlight you know obviously we're not looking at twilight i sparkle like fucking diamonds uh vampire yeah, vampires or,
2: uh instead no it, yeah it, or it vampire was, it diaries where i have a special ring
0: <laughs> mm-hmm, you know, those fucking daylight rings, man That those, those fucking things, they're a, you know, they're, they're a necessity You have to have them um, You gotta watch out for fucking fakes, though You know what I mean? Those things will really fuck you up in a bad way <laughs> <laughs> yep. But yeah, but, I, I, but I yeah, also believe a, a lo- that her immunity yeah. Somewhat tied And this is only going by dialogue from the end of the film I think it's tied to the mother You know, and I think that that is a major thing. I think she can't destroy herself like other vampires or like the other ones of her ilk can due to something in the inherent nature of how she was made. It's kind of how I started reading it.
2: Uh, You want to elaborate on that? I mean, like, are you talking about because the mother broke the rules of the coven and actually made a child vampire where, you know, they said, you know, we don't ever fucking do that? Or are you talking about that, possibly, like, you know, or are you possibly talking about you don't want to go deeper and, like, are you saying, like, because of the love and affection the mother has for it?
0: That's what I'm wondering. I'm wondering if because she was made out of love and not just necessarily out of choice or necessity, um, if that had something to do with why she is able to be different than the other, you know, ones that we're going to see. Because everything about her is different. Like you said, I mean, we see them all feed, you know, for for those bits and pieces, we see them feed on people. We don't know if they can feed on animals, or is this just her who can do this and survive? You know, like there are all these little things that this character is going to go on and do that while all of those all of those creatures are are living shunned from the world and hiding themselves from the world, what we're about to do with this character is actually go out and become a basically a part of it. She's going to become part of someone's world, you know, uh, part, part of, of the world, your like, world. Fucking, like fucking Ar- Ariel, you know, so you get with oh, three, world. and the introduction of the live action fucking you know Little Mermaid that's coming up. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, but like you're saying, she's trying to go world. into the world. That's a That's a <laughs>
0: Wrong part of the world. Uh.
2: All right, thank you, Dean.
0: <laughs>
2: but yeah, so she's going out. She's you're welcome. but you know. As she's going out on her hunting trips, her I guess obviously because she's hunting, you know, in an area, her her sweeps are have to get wider and wider because nature is eventually learning about what the fuck she's doing. So they're like, you know, they're getting the fuck out of her region, you know. So her who so her sweeps are getting wider, and then during one of those sweeps is when she comes across a, a lone house all by itself, and she works her way. Down there, and then gets yourself stuck in a bear trap. <laughs> but we're fucking somewhere where there are fucking wolves. Because again, you know, we're talking about the time of fairy tales and wolves and werewolves and all that kind of shit. So this shit is still very real in this world and this timeline. Is that you have to worry about motherfuckers like wolves in your fucking garden?
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, again, there uh, you have livestock, you know so this particular person is a uh, is a farmer and uh and yeah he he makes cheese and he's a cheesemaker so in order for him to make this this wondrous cheese that he he provides the uh the, the town you know he has goats you know and and they're not the screaming variety like in thor Love and thunder um but they they, or they, they are the goats, fainting variety <laughs> I love fainting awesome. goats, man. Dude, there are some things in this world that just make me laugh fucking so hard. Like, like you knows, like belly hard. I can't breathe laughing. You know what? A good fucking fainting goat video put it'll fucking put me down, man. I'm surprised I'm alive after seeing some of those. <laughs> what about what Dude, about okay, the so,
1: screaming ones? Have you seen Have you seen the screaming goats? Yes.
0: Yeah, but that's kind of – that's, like, that's been done. Like, I want – I'd love to have a screaming goat, and I like to say that until, like, you know, if I really have – like, I can't stand my dog barking. So, like, having a fucking goat screaming would probably drive me nuts, and I'd probably fucking sacrifice the fucking thing to the devil. (laughs) Um, Uh, Okay, super quick, though. uh, I, I I have a co-worker
2: who says, like, you know, if she ever hits the lottery, what she wants to do is, like, her dream pets are she wants to have a screaming goat and a fainting goat. And keep them together in the same part of the yard. Every screaming goat
0: screams, the fainting goat just faints. And then the <laughs> poor fucking thing is gonna have a heart attack and die. It's gonna get scream next to it again and again and it's just gonna keep dropping. <laughs> I just I just love the fact that, that like that creature just has that like hardwired into it to just like if at a fucking board to just drop the fuck. <laughs>
2: <laughs> There's no fight or fl- flight in this creature. It's like, fuck it. <laughs> I give up.
0: I <laughs> yeah. times when they're, they're up on like, those platforms and shit, and they just go tumbling down them. <laughs> it's like, whoa, bro, look at you. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
2: but anyway, she's not a fainting creature. She, <laughs> she gets stuck in the fucking trap. But the. Uh, Farmer comes running out with gun in hand and sees her there, and he's prying and t- pr- trying and trying to pry this bear trap open. So apparently, this motherfucker's a badass fucking bear trap, you know. And takes her inside, and again, it's like this whole time period we just have this warm, cozy cottage, you know, that looks like it's just straight out of a fucking fairy tale. You know, everything's all wood, every like all the tones on the camera are soft. You know, everything's lit by the fireplace. It's just, it seems like just a really, really warm, cozy fucking place. Like I, it, it was just a really comfortable shot. <laughs> it's,
0: it's again, it comes down to atmosphere, and this is something that this director is, you know, I, I am going to look forward and try to keep my eye out for things that this this guy or, or woman I don't even know uh, has made. Yeah, and will here? Because uh, again, their, their ability to really create a scene and build all of that and tell such a story just from the 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 shot is is a talent all in its and of itself um but you're right like yeah, in, like you can even see like this 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 is a home but it's also a home that's like lacking something there there's just something missing and we're going to find that out as again as the story continues to go and we learn you know more about the the character that we're we're now introduced to who will become basically a a, a papa it's a papa papa yeah papa yeah, yeah. papa <laughs> uh, <your> papa, 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 her in and uh you know after uh, after a couple of things go on, the priest comes, and the priest's like, yo, I heard there was a a miracle, you know because uh he takes he takes the child, helps her get better, and then he starts taking her with him to to, to get you know, on his cheese delivery, and, you know, of course, he's got all the villagers, like, whispering to each other, like, hey, man, you know, like, Shen's got a fucking, like, a, 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 a young girl with him now. Like, where the fuck did he pull yeah, that
2: yeah.
0: out? Like, yeah. You know, did he get yeah, yeah, out somebody? Like, yeah.
2: Or, like, you know, he got, like, a baby mama, and she showed up and was like, you know, this bitch is yours now? You know, or is he, like, you know, going super weird pedo, or, you know, what's going on? But again, like you said, rumors start, but talk is slow, you know, because it has to flow from one house to the other until eventually, yeah, you know, the priest shows up, and he's like, hey, you got your miracle, you know, because I know this is what you were praying for. You know, and... Then you know cheese.
1: He, he Yes? <laughs> what about the cheese? Uh, I'm just <laughs> singing songs about cheese <laughs> okay. okay Please carry on I <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> just wanted to make
0: sure I didn't know if you were <laughs> dropping some kind of like cheese information bomb on us, you
2: know no, no, no! I
1: would never interrupt. <laughs> like, the
0: like he knew, he
2: to, like he, like he knew specifically what kind of cheese the priest was. Well, in I was, was actually believe it was just about
0: to ask the dean. I was just about to ask the dean what kind of cheese is native to that region of the world. Do you know?
1: Uh, Raclette.
0: Uh, I can't. I don't even know if I can re- repeat what you just said. Rayquette? Ray Ray-Klette? Ray-Klette. Ray-Klette. R A C L E T E. What? What kind the of cheese, like what's that, that what cheese? Like, again, I, I know the dean <laughs> knows this fucking shit because he's an awesome chef. He makes fucking food that like you know drives drives me nuts every time he cooks. It's, it's, I, one of the fucking things I miss about the motherfucker.
1: Uh, what does that kind of cheese like, taste <laughs> like? What do
0: you normally use it with?
1: It's actually it's like a it's like a it's very custom for them to uh, like like have the large wheel in half and then they scrape like the top layer. And they like melt it within the wheel, and then they drip it out of the wheel onto other foods to have melted cheese. But also uh, for that kind of northern Spain region, uh, Manchego cheese is very popular. Also, Uh, Manchego like is primarily known as like it's like a famous Spanish cheese.
0: and those are made up. Yeah, Manchego.
1: uh, There's also another one similar in the Manchego family that uh that also is the same name as that famous spanish Spanish ham but there's a spanish cheese called iberico and also and they're all these are all like mild white cheeses um and but, also one but called but you can find, <laughs> you can you can find,
0: find montego like probably
1: a, at any any supermarket yeah, yeah. it's very common in the cheese section yeah but if you can
2: find yourself a, a a good goat cheddar cheese, that shit is a fucking bomb, man. Because that shit is so fucking sharp to the point where you actually have the crystals in the fucking cheese. It's so fucking good, yeah, that's man. Awesome. I love that shit, man. I love, it. I, love it. I love
0: it. I love a good sharp cheese as well. I have to say. Um, but yes, again, back back to the movie. So, because uh, you know, to, to to repeat what the king normally says. Oh well, we're kind of pressed for time. Um. So, so this is the part. Are we? <laughs> are we? Those? Are we really? <laughs> things in, in semi fast how do we Wait, get to the end? we we, we got 50, ending, we got 15 we? we got 15 minutes <laughs> so 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 basically what happens is you know he's raising the kid the priest comes he's like yo i, I see you got your miracle uh, the guy's like yeah you know like she she fell out of the fucking sky landed in my bear trap and and you know she's she's still healing from it you know so so he takes the priest up there and the the kid you know is is obviously sus about this priest, as as she should be, you know. I mean,
1: as the we, we see.
0: Well, we see where these these things have gone over the years, you know. So, so I don't blame. Yeah. God only knows what they would do. God only knows what they were doing to them back in the eighteen hundreds. You know, this guy's like, no, Yo, you should give it to me. I'll take her and I'll put her in a good place. And I'm thinking to myself, you can put her in a good fucking place. You can just stick her under your fucking skirt, you bitch. Um the skirt, homie. <laughs> come, come to me, baby. Come to me. You come, mm-hmm. come, come, come over me. I'll, i, sh- I, sh- I, sh- I, sh- I introduce you to the Pope. Yeah, I got the cheese. <laughs> but yeah, but, but she's so, like so no. That, so she's so like fuck that like, nah, shit. you can't take the kid.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, you know. Yeah, and he straight up gets in front of the priest. He's like no. You know, get the fuck away from the kid. <laughs> and he's like, well, fine. Then you t- adopt her, make her your daughter. He's like, well, fine. I fucking will.
0: <laughs> just just <laughs> like that. Well just not- not, not exactly, but yes, kind of. He says that, you know what, he feels like because she got injured on his place, it's going to be up to him to, to help her heal up. You know, he's asked around. The kid doesn't belong to anybody else. She's some fucking miracle wolf and child that, that came out of the wilderness. So so he begins to, to to develop a relationship with her. We find out that he once had a daughter, and he lost her. She she died in an accident. Um, you know, and, and in a lot of ways, we're kind of like seeing a, a taming – of of the of, of the shrew yes. uh, of the vampire you know like an <laughs> nice. interview with the vampire now this is taming of the vampire
2: mm. <laughs> exactly it's like because uh slowly while this is going on like he presents her with you know a room going okay no you're not staying it, you know in the attic anymore come into the room and he gives her his his daughter's room he gives starts to give her some of her daughter's clothes. He's like, Look, you're a little girl, it's time you start to dress like a little girl, you know, you know, cl- cleaning her clothing your tr but trying to feed her, but to all avails, she will not take any of the food because she's a vampire you know. But, you know, he keeps you know, worrying about her, going, You haven't eaten, you haven't you need to eat and things will later come about through that. Well, in the she meantime, also, she just, you know
0: what, she learns to adapt yeah. to it. You know what I mean? She won't eat, but, like, you know, we have whatever that, that milky substance was. I don't know if that was, like, a bowl of milk, a bowl of soup, or whatever. I know he tried to give her the garlic soup, and she was like, nah, bro. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the, oh, yeah, he was about
2: the garlic soup. Yeah, yeah so well, again, I wonder it's was wasn't was it the garlic, yeah. or was
0: it just that she just couldn't eat, you know? Um, yeah. But, but then when she tries to give her the milk, food, then he he just, it
2: just... Yep.
0: <laughs>
2: but, yeah, she feel hard as pressing as the garlic. Ooh, I completely forgot about the garlic. Oh, so there. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting, but,
0: though, in that, like, those shoes, man, for that time period. Like, I know, like, I don't know, I wear my sneakers and, you know, in my work that I do. You know, there's a lot of bending, climbing, crawling, and all that crap. You know, like, my, my shit lasts, like, a week, and then it's got, like, holes in it and stuffs on it. Her fucking shoe. Yep. Her shoes, this poor kid. You know, from, from the wrong side of the tracks. So this poor kid gets a pair of shoes, and it clearly holds fucking milk in it. You know what I mean? She, she, she's <laughs> able to get those away from there, too, because he didn't see her pick them up and spill it all over the place. So it's like those things are like fucking milk balls. But, uh, you know, the digesting thing that I wonder, right, because this is going to come up later when she's at the church, Um You know, obviously from other vampire lore and movies and shit like that, you know, you have the case in which they can't eat solid, like they can't eat regular food. Um, You know, some vampires and some storylines have developed the ability to do so just so that they can uphold the look of things. But, uh, you know, like in in this movie we're going to be presented in and again we're going to flash forward a little bit to when they they go to the church uh we're going to skip yep. a little bit ahead she meets, she meets a boy there's a beehive there's a moment like uh my girl uh i wish you're hanging yes. around like bees and they're like oh why are the bees biting you and she's like you can't see without his glasses She needs his glasses um but no, the bees are just not biting her or him. And he's like, why are they biting you? And she's like, because they're afraid of me. Um, but anyway, so she's in church.
1: <laughs> and
0: and she's given the communion wafer. Uh, the first time around, she just hides it and then spits it out <laughs> afterwards. Obviously, we, we've got a period of time that has passed. She's so comfortable that she's thinking to herself, well, if I can do this, what would happen if I swallowed it? It's just, you know, like, and, and again, this is all stuff that you're kind of reading into the character? Yes. It's not like said in dialogue or anything like that. But, this is just but it's just how I was but it's, also it. she, she,
2: she, it's also she wants to be human. You know, that, that's mm-hmm. the thing. And she wants to be able to take the food. You know, that's how I took it. Uh, please continue, Gould.
0: No, she feels love. She wants to, exactly. She wants to be a part of the community. Uh, she might not believe in the doctrines of the church, so to speak, but she does believe in all of these people that she has is, she is grown to be a, a part of. Um, Mm -hmm. swallows the wafer, starts (laughs) to then vomit it up, um, right there in the church. Like you know, after a few minutes, it just it just comes right back. Best place to do that. (laughs) No, not at all. Especially not in that time period. But here's the funny (laughs) thing with that. Like what I wondered was, is this what happens? Because she can. We don't know. We never saw her eat any other food and have this reaction. Is this the reaction every time she eats food or is this just the reaction because of the communion wafer and because she is in the eyes of the quote unquote God a sin because she was supposed to die and she's still walking amongst the living, you know, and that I think is like one of those, those things that this director plays with. And you're going to see this a couple of times, come up with the film, especially again, yeah. when we get to the end of the movie, it's a very debatable type of thing. It's one of those things that you know it could go either way. What did you What did you think they t- it was with it? Uh,
2: well, I was thinking the same thing. Was um, they they play a lot with the vampire lore, but at the same time they're leaving a lot of shit fucking open. All right, because we haven't really seen her digest, try to digest regular food on the regular. Okay, she like kind of sips stuff and then spits it out. Same thing, for, like you said, first time communion wafer spits it out, okay? She was able to hold it in her mouth, but actually trying to... I thought it was a thing of more of just consuming something that wasn't blood is what caused it to come out, as opposed to the spiritual. Because I think this... I I want to say, like, th- this movie has been more ground-based than face-based, if we're going vampire
0: lore. This is true, you know, because the, the one thought I had with that is the fact that she could even enter the church in general. You know, obviously, we don't have the the rule of you need to give permission to come in. Uh, she's not, uh, you know, against, against crucifixes with all the houses. and stuff like that. You know. Yeah, exactly.
2: I think they're going more the hard rules instead of the faith based rules because also they're not, you know, touching silver or roses or anything like that. You know, I think they're going a different route with this. But again. That's what's making this so much fun. Is they're playing with the rules and messing with them a little bit, and just giving you the ground rules of the shit that you know, and then messing with the rest.
0: So, so yeah, and again, so so she develops her relationship with with this boy, um, you know. So some things happen, and, uh, and and people start to talk after the whole church incident and, and everything. Uh, she goes to the priest, um, wanting to be free. Uh, of whatever it is that is, you know, inside of her. So, of course, as, as was wont to do back in that time, they try to perform an exorcism on her. Uh, Papa comes in, and he's like, get off my kid, asshole. Uh, she's not possessed. She just is what she is. Leave her be. And they, uh, they, they do escape. Uh, I was surprised. I was expecting him to have been killed in the escape, and it just being one of those moments. But, uh, but no, they, they actually get away. Uh, and then we're treated to, to what we find out is that they live a long, peaceful life in a cottage, you know, hidden away, just the two of them. Um, not, what is that, not what I was expecting. You know, again, whenever you're dealing with no. like, uh, a vampire-style film, you're always expecting there to eventually be major conflict to occur. But instead yep. this this movie almost plays out as like a young vampire's happiest fucking story, you know, until until Papa, you know, unfortunately is so old that he, he passes away. And then she's left with like a mm-hmm. a Hamlet style monologue. In which it's like Yeah. Why? Why am I here? Why yeah. can't and I die? I...
2: <laughs> yeah. And then as she's burying her dad, uh <clears throat> some World War Two style bombers fly overhead, and then you have another title card that says the Spanish Civil War, 1936. So mm-hmm. that's how long she's been alive. And, again, we're super cramped for time. Yeah, so bombings happen. She goes to the town where bombings are <laughs> happening, and she finds fucking Miguel, a grown-ass fucking Miguel, injured in a fucking...
0: He's in the war, he's, he's a yeah, injured in the war, he's in the war, he's yeah.
2: fighting, and he's like, "I don't want to die, I don't want to die." She's like, "No, fuck you, you were like the bees, you can fuck off." And then she finds her, her mom wandering around the ruins, you know, doing what she always does, and comes across the coven. The
0: war.
2: Yeah, and but then follows the mother back to the coven, and then we have a big dramatic, scene of mother and daughter
0: reuniting reunited and it feels so good um but, but that's not but that's not how it goes down you know there, there is no happiness uh i i feel like you know to a degree she's she's relieved the mom is obviously happy but the daughter oh, in all ecstatic these realizes She realizes how selfish the mom was in her creation. She created her, but she didn't seek her out to find her. She created her, but did she really love her? She created her, but she knew she was damning her to a life in which she was going to watch every person that she could possibly ever care about die. So that just goes to show the real reason why this coven does what they do, which is just hide, because there is no life. There is no living. There is no experiencing any of that because they just don't want to deal with it. It's just easier to suck blood and fucking live amongst the shadows and the ghouls that they are. Not my type of ghoul. I'm a yeah. open ghoul. I don't run around yeah. and suck blood. I live life yeah. like a motherfucker. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, but, so she uh, calls the mother yeah. out into the sunlight going, look, do you see what I am? I can't die. Here I am in sunlight. Give me a kiss, mother, and let me die. And then the... They, the mother comes out into the sunlight, embraces her daughter, explodes in the flames, and dies on the cliffside. And once again, she fa- she falls off the cliffside into the water, but this time <laughs> that
0: Evanescence video, you know, like I kept waiting to hear <laughs> like that new metal music kick in. You know, I'd be like, wake me up, wake me up, and I can't wake up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just she's falling. You know, bring me to life. Well, uh, yes. she, but she tumbles into the water
2: yeah and c- comes out and she's like i i hurt i'm in pain i feel cold and it's painful as fuck and i and for for once i'm happy and but she, so she has she has gained her mortality back because her mother <laughs> sacrificed herself you know and now the curse is broken and she is once again human.
0: So, yes, that is one way I thought that it could be read. Um, and this obviously okay. is what I saw when, when initially watching the sequence occur. Um, okay. So, obviously, breaking you gotta, the curse you by killing the mom. That, 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 that the only other thing that I thought is a possibility there, and I'll make it quick because I know we've got to announce whatever next week's thing is by the Dean, um, was... Did she die? Uh, we're getting short and on is time. This, is, this her, is this her variation of heaven? And the only reason I question that is because she looks like she's in a completely different location when she comes out of the water. Um, she falls by a cliffside, and if, as you see the camera pans back, it's all gone. She's now at a lake with, like, just beautiful woods all around her. Um, so the only other thing I guess it could have been is some kind of current, and maybe it pulls her through, but you don't really see. All you see is her underwater for a while with a little bit of blood and a fish, um, which I thought was a nice thing, yeah. you know, like, hey, here's the fish. So the blood thing was a little bit weird. I don't know if you could take that as, like, she got her period or... or like, I didn't know where the blood was coming from. Like, uh, yeah, I guess, it, it was just weird and random, man. <laughs>
2: but maybe it was just showing but, that she was actually taking damage again you know and that, she was even that, again a
0: possibility
2: but it again could be yeah, read that
0: we're that out with, who knows is why yeah, yeah.
2: we love movies uh, uh, yeah <laughs> but, but again we're out of time for this week's uh episode we next week <laughs> Dean, uh next week is your pick do you have a pick
1: uh, good, Yes. Uh, yes oh. yes i do and uh we are staying in in the modern era uh 2022 uh, what we will be watching is a Shutter exclusive uh, from 2022. We will be watching the film Glorious. Nice. Glorious.
0: Oh, yes, it's glorious. That is my, right, that's cool. my ringtone. That is the ringtone that rings every time I get a phone call. Yeah. People look at me like I'm out of my mind, and I'm just like, I just put my arms out and spin around in a circle. I'm just
1: like, yep. And just, all right.
0: That's, that's me.
1: I just want to say that it is possible uh, that Glorious does have to do with a talking glory hole. Uh, do with that information
2: what you will. Oh. oh, oh, I have heard about this. All right. Okay. Well, nice. Dean. Well, says, says, don't all right. glory holes says, you, in
0: their own way?
2: In
1: in, in, in their well, own way. In their own way. Yeah. Oh, oh, in their very, oh. In their own very all special right. way.
0: You know, that is something okay, I Dean. have to say. We'll have to get into it more next week, obviously. But that is something I will have to say. I've never partook in. I have never partook in a glory hole. Uh, neither have I. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, Dean, you, Uh you tried to bring us in. Let's see if you can take us out. So I'm going to be the first one out. So t- <laughs> thanks for listening yes. to tonight's episode I, uh, of Talking uh, Care. You, go ahead and, and l- sign yourself off. <laughs> letting me come in your ears. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Mwah. Uh,
1: good <laughs> night, monkey and uh and ghoul. Cool. Uh why don't you go ahead and sign yourself off?
0: Oh well, you know. Hey uh a cock, poo poo pa. Stay scared, everybody. Stay scared. Thank you for joining us on this, this kingless evening.
1: Yes, and I just want to say that I'm your old pal, the Dean of Horror. Uh you should all hail Satan, uh hail yourselves, uh keep America strong,
0: and watch horror movies. <laughs> Hell yo, mama. <laughs> Yeah. you need my mama out of this <laughs> and, and here I'll, I'll just I'll do the dean's exit real quick uh, this is the dean goodbye <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> <laughs> good night everybody peace
1: good night